this is Samantha, and you're listening to the Layman's Doctor podcast, where we're bringing medicine home. Today, I have with me a guest, Yannick Grant, and we're going to be talking about customer service in medicine. I'm going to introduce Yannick today for a little bit of a change. And Yannick is an author, a podcaster, trainer, and consultant that helps business leaders corporate executives, managers, and employees navigate the landscape of their customer experience and building winning customer service cultures. She's also the founder of Professional Training and Occupational Services Inc., a full-service customer experience and market research company, and a certified mystery shopper by Mystery Shopping Providers Association. She has over 15 years experience working with nine-figure businesses across three continents. Yannick is extremely devoted and advocates greatly for individuals to develop strong communication skills built on enthusiasm, compassion, and tactical empathy when serving each and every customer. I'm super excited to have Yannick today. We will be talking about customer service in medicine and how the system, healthcare providers, administrators, things that they can do to improve the customer experience um, and what that looks like in public sector. And I'm sure that can be translated as well to private sector. Yannick, thank you so much for joining us and for being here today. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Samantha. I'm really excited for our conversation. So we have done at Professional Training and Occupational Services quite a bit of work with healthcare facilities, both in the public and private sector. And it has been a very rewarding experience. It's not just here in Jamaica that we've done it. Actually, we've actually done it in other Caribbean territories. So yeah, we've worked with quite a bit of people. The good thing about customer service or customer experience is that it spans every single profession and industry. Because once you're a business and you have a customer, whether you're a one-man shop or you have, you know, a hundred or five thousand employees, at the end of the day, you're going to have to be serving two types of customers: the ones that are paying you for your product or service, and the ones who you employ, which are your internal customers. I absolutely love that. Um, recently, I've been talking or tweeting a lot um, about what service looks like. And I started the layman's doctor in 2018, and it was really focused on patients and empowering patients and giving patients or clients information. And as I started to work in medicine, I was a student before, I realized that uh, really for us to improve the patient experience we have to focus on the persons who work within the system so the varying healthcare workers and i started looking more and more into it and started seeing that this is not a new concept and the whole idea of service starting from within and you know when employees are treated well or um, given the abilities to perform well or the capacity to, to perform well, it often translates to how the customer who is getting the product from you, I'm using quotations, but no one can see me um, <laughs> because you did say customers are also, you know, ones within the organization too, um, how it translates again 
um, to improving the customer experience on those who are accessing the service or buying the product. So what does customer service in medicine really look like? It's a very general question and it can be from the perspective of public sector, um, private sector, but I feel like the answer will cover both sectors really. Mm -hmm. I think with medicine, unlike other professions that may not necessarily be so human related, I think with medicine, customer service is so much more important because if you're coming to a pharmacy or you're going to the clinic or you're going to the doctor or the hospital, you're clearly going there because you are experiencing some form of pain or discomfort or maybe even just for a regular checkup, right? Mm -hmm. And so you visit these places and you're expecting people to be courteous. You're expecting people to be compassionate with you. You're expecting people to exercise a high level of patience. And sometimes you don't get this. Sometimes the nurses or sometimes the healthcare provider is very short. They're not polite. They don't explain. They just assume that you know exactly what to do. Clearly you don't because this is not your area of expertise. And you need to be guided accordingly. Um, I've had experiences, you know, even where with, with my helper, I remember about, I think in 2015 or 2016, her husband was having this cough for quite a bit of time. It was around Easter and she was treating him at home, I guess, based on her, you know, regular everyday knowledge, giving him histatusin. And when he, you know, it got really bad and they took him to KPH. Um, I think it was like the Sunday, which would, would have been the day before Easter Monday. And at that point he was diagnosed after running, you know, a million tests with pneumonia. So clearly he probably had it from before. And I guess it was just so far along, he clearly didn't have much time left. But some of the comments that she told me the nurse said to her on the Monday when he passed away, they were just really cold. And I've, I've dealt with healthcare professionals and I've heard them say, sometimes you deal with so much death. And I can imagine in COVID, it was probably even, you know, escalated times a million that they get numb to it. It's almost like, okay, it's just another person dead. It's no big deal. But it is a big deal because to that person, Whereas you are seeing 100 people die per day, that person is only seeing one person for them die maybe every five years or every 10 years. And that person could be their mom. That person could be their dad. That person could be their child. That person could be a very close friend of theirs. And they are clearly not going to respond in the way that you have responded to the death. So empathy is very important. If you don't genuinely like to deal with human beings, I don't think medicine is a field that you should go into. I think you have to genuinely have a real passion and care for other people if you're going to go into medicine. Because the reality is every business or industry that you're in is going to experience some form of pressure or stress at some point. A lot of medical facilities were under pressure during COVID because of, you know, constantly people are coming in with different symptoms and you know to the point where a lot of governments were like well if it's not you know severe where you're having respiratory issues you should try and treat yourself at home but at the end of the day you needed to have been able to still exercise a high level of compassion a high level of patience when you're dealing with these people even though you're under pressure and that can be hard i think customer service is one of the hardest jobs that you have to do because it means that you really have to be putting out so much of yourself every day despite whatever challenges you may be going through on a personal level. 
So maybe you can't pay your light bill or your water bill, or maybe you had a big argument with your husband, or maybe there's something going on with your child mentally that is really stressing you out. And if those things are impacting you, it will impact the quality of service that you deliver if you're not 100% there to give to that other person in that you know medical-related situation. So I think that medicine and customer service is very important. It's one of those professions that require you to really bring the human element to the table every single day. You cannot look on it as transactional. You have to look on it as this is a human being, this is somebody with feelings and emotions. How I communicate with them is critical. How I make them feel is critical because if they walk away from that experience feeling bad, um, it's highly unlikely that they would want, they would be motivated to return unless they have absol absolutely have no other choice. And let's say you're some specialist and you're the only person, you know, in the island or the country that can offer that service. But I'm sure if they did have a choice, they would go somewhere else just based on how you made them feel and how they walked away from that interaction. I hope that kind of answered the question. Uh, yes, I'm hearing several things in the answer. One, the importance of communication and not just communicating, but knowing how to communicate practicing empathy i'm also really happy that you said that customer service is hard because it, it is it, i think it's especially hard sometimes to separate yourself um, from all the things that might be happening around you so communication empathy and also retention i have been thinking a lot about how do we improve the healthcare service delivery service and you know a big part of that is getting people to continuously come back to healthcare or access healthcare services when they do feel ill telling persons about the healthcare service and to come there as well as even their compliance with the treatments and this is at both a public and a private sector i think in private sector there is I almost said in private sector, there is more because private sector is generally for profit. You know, um, most persons or I hope most persons have more of a emphasis on customer service because they have to compete. But for because most of our hospitals are within public sector, we may not we may not necessarily see how customer service can in fact impact people, the population on a whole, um, on how they access services and even the health of the population. So I want to know, do you think that people are born being great at customer service or is this something that we can learn and something that we can grow on or build on or improve upon? That question is, it's kind of twofold because I think, um, some people are born with a type of personality that is exuberant, enthusiastic, engaging, and they're easy to get along with. So when they're put in a customer service role, it's easier for them to adapt because that's just naturally who they are. But then you have other persons who it's harder for them. They don't adapt and adjust to unfamiliar people as readily. And sometimes it requires a level, a high level of engagement from the other person that you're interacting with to kind of almost guide or propel that interaction or that conversation. I do believe it can be strengthened. 
if it is that you're not you know you know you're not strong in it because i do believe that for every profession um in the medical field whether you're a lab technician or you work at the receptionist desk or you're the actual physician or doctor or you're the nurse you know whatever role you play i do believe that there are different things that you can do to strengthen your customer service skills um one of those things that you can do is to try to put yourself in the other person's shoes i remember i was doing a training about maybe two or three months ago and i had a participant in there that just listening to how she responded to my recommendation of putting herself into someone else's shoes it's almost like it was her brain was incapable of exercising empathy because that's what really what empathy is and the reality is that unfortunately like regular socialization skills that we learn when we're like two and three in jamaica we call it manners you know things like good morning good afternoon please thank you you're welcome empathy is it requires a high level of emotional intelligence for you to exercise it and i do think once you start to touch into your teenage years where you try to understand yourself a little better and you try to understand people better you're able to try to exercise and build on that skill more i definitely say that with my daughter she's 16 and I see her exercising empathy with her friends or even with a teacher at school, depending on whatever the situation is. As you get older, you can do different things to strengthen that. I mean, one of the things I do to strengthen my level of, you know, my strength in empathy is like I read different books. Um, there's, there's an author called Brené Brown. She does a lot of work with Oprah. She's a shame researcher. Love her books. She has one book called The Gifts of Imperfection. And she talks highly about empathy and the importance of compassion and the importance of the fact that everybody experiences shame. And we have to recognize that we're not we're clearly not all the same as human beings. So all of us have to work to basically improve on any skill that we're trying to be great at. So customer service is hard. It requires that you put a lot of emphasis. It comes much easier to some people than others. Um, as I said before, I can't emphasize enough. I think when you're choosing a career path, you really need to think about it long-term. I think a lot of times people choose a career path because maybe it's what their parents want, or maybe it is because it pays better. You know, like I will see people move to the United States and when they were in Jamaica, I could never fathom them in the medical field and then i guess because being a nurse or going into the medical field in the us is easy and it pay a lot of money they end up in that field and i said to myself they must have changed their personality because i cannot see the person that i have known for how much years and how they respond to people in that field so i say this all the time when i'm when i get the opportunity to speak to persons who are in the medical field that if you really don't love dealing with people, you don't have a genuine love for another human being, this is really not the profession for you to be in. Because the reality of the situation is that your most natural behavior will manifest itself when you are put to the test. And if there is not that love there or that passion there, then you're going to come over as being curt or aloof or you're going to come over as being very aggressive or hostile and as i said you know in this in the medical field i think those those words should not be aligned with somebody who is in medicine you know as i said people come because they come for a checkup or they're feeling pain or discomfort 
And so you really want to ensure that you are able to make them feel better after they have departed from the interaction with you. So to answer your question, I do believe that some people have the, the basic customer service skills in terms of that level of enthusiasm and engagement and exuberance, and they are able to relate to people very easily. So if they're put in a customer service role, it's very easy for them to adapt and function. But then you have other people who it's, it's, it's a struggle for them. And so they will need to do things to strengthen their skills. And that may mean simple things like public speaking. If you don't like talking to a group of people, if you're a nurse and you have to be maybe having a discussion with your team members with more than five or 10 people, or maybe you're in a, you're, you're, let's say, for example, you have a location where you have 20 patients in a room and you need to be making an announcement. Probably public speaking is something you'd need to work on. You could start small if you have if you're a part of a church community. You could maybe start doing things in your church community that allows you to practice that skill. So you, there are different things that you can do. It just depends on what area of your customer service skill you need to improve. Um, if it's patience, or let's say if it's your writing skills, because writing also comes into play as it relates to customer service, you would want to try and start to do more of those types of activities to ensure that the practice you know, consistently will help you to improve overall. I was thinking a lot about your example um, about going abroad. And I've, through this um, podcast, I've spoken a lot with persons who have studied abroad and now work abroad. And I have realized that the patient experience is a huge part of uh, their culture there. So even with the language, I remember having a conversation with someone who works in internal medicine about the use of non-compliance, even that term, or the use of morbid obesity. And the conversation stated, well, it's not that these terms are wrong or anything is wrong with them, but sometimes if you use them and you speak to a patient and say, oh, you're morbidly obese, the feeling that it gives the patient may not be one where they feel comfortable or confident. It's like, wait, what? morbid, that means death. And, you know, so we had a long conversation about the importance of language and how you speak with patients, but they also have a culture. So a huge question is what role does administration and educators, what role do they play in improving the customer service experience. As you said, one of the customers are in fact the employees. And I think that one way that we can be better at serving cost, um, serving patients <laughs> said customers, is by having an environment where that level of service is encouraged. It's a little bit difficult, I think, say if you're going to, a, I guess, a KFC, and me as the customer, I'm expecting pleasantries. But what if the workers there, they have just had an argument with their supervisor. They're being asked maybe unreasonable things. They have to stay longer. So now they have to get someone to pick up their child or, you know, those type of inner workings and administrative issues or resource problems. So what role do educators and administrators play in improving their employees' ability to provide customer service and the customer service for their employees as well? Well, an administrator is the equivalent of like a manager or supervisor, right? Or a leader in the medical field, yes? Yes, I would say that. Okay. And 
the leader in the organization, the primary function of a leader in any organization is to grow and develop people. Unfortunately, we are in a culture in Jamaica where training and development is not necessarily something that a lot of organizations, not even in the medical field alone, generally speaking, that they do on a consistent basis. And this doesn't mean that you have to hire an expensive consultant and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars every month. It could be simple things like um, maybe a five-minute or a 10-minute meeting that you have with the team once per week, or maybe you have maybe a one-hour session once per month. And in that one-hour session, there is some form of strategy in terms of sharpening a particular skill. Maybe you bring in a guest speaker, maybe you have a team building activity to kind of strengthen teamwork and collaboration. You know, just different things to help people to grow and develop because we're human beings and we need to be stimulated. And yes, we do the job every single day, but the administrator's role is to ensure that people are constantly being improved. Um, and as I said, that can come in many different roles. I know that with COVID, we haven't had like a lot of conferences where maybe you could send out one or two of your team members to a to a conference. But of course, the virtual um, avenue exists. So if maybe that organization that you would have um, engaged with to help the team to develop has something virtual like a webinar or something, that's also an avenue that you could exercise to help the team to grow and develop. If you realize that people are weak in particular areas, let's say you had mentioned language or communication in the form of writing or even verbal communication, it is also, I believe, the administrator's role to try and help that person to improve. And so you could, again, you know, enroll them in some form of program that would help them to strengthen this skill because if they get better, the organization gets better. In a company, the company is not the electronic equipment or you know the infrastructure that you have in the building or the physical building it's the people because if all the people in the company decide that they're not going to come to work tomorrow the company cannot function so you have to grow and develop your people and you have to look for opportunities all the time to try and find ways to strengthen them and ask them the question guys we're looking to do some um training as it relates to helping you develop are there areas that you think we could invest to ensure that you are strengthening certain of your skills and what are those areas maybe you get a pool of different options let's say you get 10 options clearly if you can't from a budgetary constraint point of view you wouldn't be able to invest in all of that at once but you can take it in chunks and say okay maybe for the next quarter we'll focus on these two things because we believe these two things are priority and maybe they are impacting our bottom line and if the team is able to improve in this area we will able to we'll be able to see the result in that area six months from today so training and development is extremely important it, as i said it does not have to come in the form of you investing hundreds of thousands of dollars every month there are many different opportunities. I mean, there's so much free content out there as well that you could, as an administrator, look for and share with your teams. If you have like a WhatsApp group or maybe there is some platform that you all share information with. I know in the States they use um, for tasks and activities like Slack is one of those things that I have. I've spoken to guests already who say they use some of these platforms. I remember I was interviewing a guest last year and she said, oh, they, every Friday morning they have coffee and breakfast with the team virtually because of course COVID was still very rampant and people weren't going to work and they would have their videos on and everybody would have a different type of coffee and they would have like maybe some pastry or like breakfast and they would just have 
you know, small conversation. And in that small conversation, they would bring in like a guest speaker to talk about, um, let's say, technology or maybe something in relation to their business. But it was just a very relaxed environment, but it was also an opportunity for the, for the team to learn. So learning is critical. And I don't think in, you know, in any industry, especially medicine that's constantly advancing, you should ever stop learning as an individual. You should always aspire to learn. And administrators need to look at the, they're almost like parents. Um, just as how, you know, as a parent, you will aim to educate your children and give them the best opportunities. It's the same way you should look at your employees. They are an extension of you. They're an extension of your organization. They are your organization. And so how can you make them better? How can you improve them? How can you help them to develop, to be better? And it will not just benefit the organization, but it will also benefit them. And if they feel vested, like you value them, like you are, you know, you appreciate them, you're investing in them, they will also value the organization and they will invest in the organization and they will promote the organization which, again, will be a win-win situation for the company as well as the individual. Thank you so much for that response. Uh, you actually even asked my follow-up question. You oh. answered my follow-up question as well, which is great. Um, I was going to ask you about the importance of getting feedback from those that you manage and lead. But, I mean, the answer was well said. It touched on all the points. I think this is a great place to end the podcast. I think that you have put into perspective what customer service is within medicine and within the healthcare system and why it is important. Also, the fact that customer service, again, is towards patients, clients, and also towards employees. And it starts from the door, from you enter, until you exit. So there's value for all members of staff to learn customer service and for, I'm really big on pushing administrators and managers to be supportive of their staff and create environments where their staff members can perform better and serve better as well. So I'm really happy that you jumped on this conversation. Please let us know how we can work with you hopefully anybody listening to this is like you know i think i think i need to have a training for my for my staff now you know okay <laughs> um because yeah i think you brought some perspectives that we may not have thought about and 100 percent, the better able your staff is or the more capable your staff is is the better the organization is as well so how can we work with you um, and how can we find you? Well, um, you can access me through my website, www.yannickgrant.com. And you can also send me an email. It's yg at yannickgrant.com. And um, I am open to working with all organizations. When I started this business in 2007, I remember one of, well, it's still my greatest pet peeve, but at least as I said, um, because the poor customer experience was one of my greatest pet peeves. I mean, I literally, I don't have pressure problems, but I felt like I would have developed pressure problems if I continued to have these poor customer experiences and I wasn't doing anything about it. And it was from that perspective that I decided to be a contributor instead of sitting down and complaining about what these companies were doing and how poorly I felt from these experiences. 
why not contribute to the development and help to strengthen customer experience in Jamaica and, you know, the wider Caribbean and the world. And I mean, um, it's been a great and a fulfilling journey. I love it. I'm very passionate about it. Um, I, I really love to see experiences where, where both parties are fulfilled. The customer feels like they've just done business with the best company in the world. And the organization feels like they are really solving that customer's problem in the best possible way. So if you feel that this is something that you want to do for your organization, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, I love talking about customer service. As I was mentioning to Samantha before we started officially recording, I have a podcast called Navigating the Customer Experience. And I love it so much. It's been, I think, the 16th of May which is next month, makes five years we've been podcasting. We're 164 episodes in. It's not monetized because I do it purely for fun in terms of learning and sharing that information and just giving people a free resource. And just as I had mentioned earlier that your main role as administrators is to ensure that you um, let your team members be, you know, grow and develop, Pod, listening to a podcast is also something that you can share with the team. So if you book up on an episode, something that you think would be great, maybe you don't want them to listen to the entire thing, but you can share it with them or maybe include a snippet of it in your 10-minute or one-hour session that you have. So there are many different strategies that you can use. And as I said before, I am open to reaching out to anybody. Um, if you want to reach out to me again, um, I'm, you can also reach out to me on social media. Um, on LinkedIn, I am Yannick Grant CX. Um, on Instagram, I'm Yannick WA Grant. And on Twitter, I'm Yannick WA Grant. I would love to, you know, connect with anyone that has the opportunity to have listened to this podcast. Thank you again so much, Yannick, for being here. Guys, I really hope you enjoyed this podcast as well. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can find me on my website, www.thelaymansdoctor.com. That's all spelled out. You can also send me an email at samantha at thelaymansdoctor.com or you can reach me on Instagram or Twitter via DM and you can simply find me at thelaymansdr. Also to note, I recently started a community on Twitter called Jamaica Health and Wellness. You can shoot me a message if you can't find that community and I'll send it to you. But in that location, I'll be posting as much health and wellness related topics as I can find on Twitter, as well as what other people share with me. So until next time, thank you for listening.